This is Michael Tribe of Gale Force, and you're listening to Wildman and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wildman and Steve Show starts right now. As you know, every episode, I'm always trying to find a way to open it and to be more creative. And it's making me wonder, you know, 50 years from now, people are going to dig this stuff up and they're going to have a series of what? How many episodes? A thousand, 10,000, 20,000 episodes of all the different creative ways that we opened up the Wild Man and Steve show. Right. Um, So. Today, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that is who you're listening to if you didn't know that. You're listening to the Wild Man and Steve show. <laughs> uh, this is our Metal Talk episode, which means we are going to be reviewing and playing some great music later on. Um, in just a few minutes, actually, you're going to hear the first song. Um, so you're not just going to hear us talk, but we like to talk. That's why we do this show. You know, that's what we do. So I have an idea for you today, Steve, of how to open this show. Take, take it away, man. And uh, this idea is going to kind of put you on the spot. I know that's a surprise. I know that. As it always does. (laughs) (laughs) So what I decided to do this time around, okay, is I'm going to put all of it on you. You are going to find a way to open this show, but you're only going to be be able to welcome everybody in one statement. And I'm going to give you three words to to use in this statement. Now, I am not coming up with these three words, okay? I am right now on a website called the Random Word Generator. Before you do this, may I only use these three words, or is it that I simply must incorporate these three? Incorporate into one statement, into one nice welcoming statement. Okay? We got it. All right. Are you ready? I am so ready. (laughs) Okay, you ready? I'm going to hit generate random words, and it's going to spit out three words. Okay. Here we go. Rugby, resort, heavy. Rugby, resort, heavy. Now, welcome our fans and our listeners with one statement using rugby, resort, and heavy. The floor is yours. So we don't usually resort to sport metaphors, but this show is like a rugby match in that it is a heavy collision of faith and music. Welcome to Metal Talk with Wildman and Steve. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I would say that gets a 10. That gets an 11. Great job, sir. You know, um, it's amazing the gifts and abilities that come out of this show, Um, the hidden gifts and abilities, you know, the impromptu stuff, you know, I mean, can you believe there are people that like plan things? You know, I've heard about these people. Yeah, they they plan the show, all that kind of stuff. You know, and I respect the people that do. Right, right. That that, that just ain't us. Yeah, yeah. And it, it never has been. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it clicks and it's great and sometimes it bombs. And so that's just the risk. (laughs) That's just the risk that you take. Um, So, ladies and gentlemen, we always review music. So this one, we have a tremendous artist who has been around a very long time, but since the 60s. Yes. Uh, This guy is incredible. If you have not heard of Gypsy Carnes yet, we want want to encourage you to go to his website, gypsycarnes.com, G-Y-P-S-Y-C-A-R-N-S.com, and you will find some incredible music and an incredible story, which we will be touching on throughout the show. But to begin with, we are going to hit you with a rocker right now from Gypsy Carnes. This is Color of Skin. Metal Talk 
Skin by Gypsy Carnes. That what I love about that. I mean, I, first of all, I love the message. Mm, 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 he's mm, very mm. clear. He's in your face. Every song this guy does, it's not like it's subtle. It's not like he's yeah. talking back. He's telling you what he thinks. Um, but man, the guitar riff at the very beginning of Color of Skin is what just just uh, sucked me right in. Oh, that song again. You're right. And this is a great example of what we love, what we've said so many times on the show. And if you've, you've heard it before, hey, you know you know this already. And if you haven't, then, then, then get a hold of this idea. You need strong music to go with a strong lyric. And the message of that song is so powerful. It's scriptural, right? God does not look on the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. He makes that very clear, and he's got the music to back that up. And, and you know, you were saying earlier uh, that he's had a long career, and you go on that website, that really is extraordinary. That he's, he's been making music, uh, like you said, since the 60s, and, and he's got yeah. a really nice 
uh, kind of timeline on his website where he kind of tracks his career uh, all the way up through today. And, and yeah, it's got, it's a, he's got a blues rock sound. I mean, you and I talked before, there's a little ACDC feel to some of his stuff. Yeah. And so yeah. you've got that marriage of, of form and content. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been doing it for a long time and he's, he's continuing. Um, you know, I mean, when I, when I told him, when I contacted him today and told him we, he was going to be, uh, we were going to be reviewing his music on our show right away. He was like, you know, right. He said, wow, thank you. Here's my music. Like he's still going. I, I get that attitude from him that he's not giving up anytime soon. Um, so he has videos, he has everything. So it's, in, it's, it's really great. So gypsy Carnes, guys. You know, you know, and that's one of the things I love about musicians or really any artist. And this goes to a novelist. This goes to a painter. This goes to, the, the person who just enjoys woodworking in their garage, right? It, if you're into your craft, whatever that is, nothing's going to keep you from doing that. Mm-hmm. It's not about selling the product. Yeah. Some people yeah. might sell some stuff. That's great. If some success comes from that, even better. But at the end of the day, they're going to keep on creating because that's what they have to do. Yeah. It's just part of who they are. Yeah. And, and, and so that's what I love about that creative spirit. And again, we've talked about this before, but when you're talking about human beings created in the image of a creator. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yes, God spoke into existence. That's great. But you know, he didn't just speak a black and white cosmos into existence. Yeah. He spoke color. He spoke energy. He spoke, spoke emotion. He spoke speed he spoke strength and 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 all of that and and that's in us yeah that's in us we we follow in our father's footsteps and so and then each one of us created differently and so some of us will be geared toward music or 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 something else or maybe it's food maybe what maybe your gift is uh, of creation is the way you create food for your family and friends it doesn't matter uh it's that you've got to do it because that's who you are and so i I know I would just encourage, and, and we've had some of our musician friends who have done the same thing, you know, encouraging anybody who listens. If you've got that passion for something and God's placed that in you, run with it, mm-hmm. run with it, see what you can do with it to bring him glory. Yep, absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, everybody's on the edge of their seat right now because anyone who listens to our show regularly knows what's coming up next. It is time now for the so the tweet of the week comes to us from one of our former guests and a friend of ours uh contemporary christian musician brian duncan oh yeah good old brian and and you never know with brian with with his tweets is it going to be funny is it going to be serious uh is it music related is it is it faith related you you never know what you're going to get uh, with a Brian Duncan tweet, but this one was absolutely straight, and it is actually it came out today, uh, and he tweeted out, "For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him." Dot dot dot. Hashtag it is in the Bible, hmm. and of course he's. He's quoting from, and anybody who would know this, it's uh, 2 Timothy 1, verse 12, and it's from the King James, which which some of us, some of us who grew up with King James, and we're not talking about the band here, so Rex Carroll, Jimmy uh, Bennett, uh, Michael Fegan, uh, Benny Ramos, we love you guys. We're actually talking about the King James version of the Bible here, and uh, some of us who grew up with that, you know, when we go on Bible Gateway and search for a verse, we still have to search for it in King James. And then hit the different translation button to get it in whatever we want. Um, and and just, just as a point of reference here, I'm using uh, a King James Version that my fiancé gave me uh, just a few weeks after I'd asked my wife to marry me. And she gave me this uh, a King James you, you Bible. Asked, you, wait, you, I'm sorry, you, you asked your wife to marry you? Well, she it was my girlfriend then. And then she became my wife. But while she was still my girlfriend slash fiance, she gave me this Bible that I'm holding. Sorry, I just hand. had to ask that. I'm sorry. I, of course, she, of course. I, you I did. don't know if you have to do that often. You know, do you still ask your wife to marry you every now and then, or is that? You know what? I'm just amazed she said yes. <laughs> uh, every day, I'm just, I'm just amazed she said yes. Yeah, we, but, but, it, yeah. but it was King James. So I'm, I'm going to read the whole verse out of okay. there. 
because um, uh, he says, the, the beginning of verse 12, for, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed, and then where Brian's tweet wasn't able to continue, unto him against that day. And I've loved that verse for years. Of course, it was such a wonderful hymn, uh, which, which I'm sure you know well. You know, the, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. And, and what I love about that is I know whom I have believed. It's not I know what I have believed. It's not that I know a list of propositions. It's not that I know a logical syllogism. I know the person. I know the whom, the person, Jesus Christ. I know him. He's the one that I believe. And I have committed my life and everything about it. I've committed it unto him against that day, that final day. When it comes to judgment, I've committed everything. I'd have put no hope in my resume. I put no hope in, in the things that I've done. I put no hope in, in maybe the things that I haven't done. Well, I didn't murder somebody, or I didn't do this, or I didn't do that. Maybe that'll be good enough to get me into heaven. I don't put my hope in any of that, but I put my hope in Jesus Christ, and I have committed it to him. Man, I'm getting chills right now. Uh, I, I, just, I just love that verse. And so for, for Brian to use social media here in, in 2021 uh, to tweet that, that version, especially from the King James, which I think captures it so well, uh, that just had to be. Our tweet of the week. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a solid choice, a good choice. And I think that what makes that uh, message so strong is that it wasn't coming from somebody who, let's just say, uh, I just found Christ, I just started walking with him, and a newborn babe or in Christ or something like that. Um, We're talking about the Apostle Paul, um, and we're talking about what he faced. And this passage, in my mind, is, is very similar to a lot of his passages where it's like he's, I don't maybe defense isn't the best word, but I think it's like a defense of, but he's mm. basically saying to everybody, you don't get it, right? Yeah. Yep. You, you, you don't get it. Um, you know, well, Paul, I mean, look, look at what's happened to you. You've been shipwrecked. You've been stoned. You've been beaten. Yep. You've, and this is all God's fault because God's the one that called you into this mess. And everything you do gets worse, and you're you're drug out of cities. Um, you're you're beaten in, um, in the prison, um, and but yet it's like no matter what, it nothing that no circumstance. There was no circumstance that was going to keep Paul away from doing what God called him to do. And I think that, that to me that really is strong when we get into some of this idea of reciprocation, if I could use that term, Mm -hmm, the idea mm -hmm. of, well, you know, uh, and I've had many people say this to me and I understand, I, well, I don't, I can't say I completely understand, but I do understand where they're coming from. I had several over the years when I do a funeral as a pastor and somebody will come up to me some, a lot of times and they'll say, here's this lady. She devoted her whole life to God. Why did her last 30, 90 days, whatever on earth had to be so bad. And she had to suffer so much. And I know that that's a hard thing to to swallow. I I understand that. But that is coming from the basis that we're reciprocating with God. That if I serve God, then he's going to make things good in my life. And if that's the case, then Paul obviously was not doing a good job of serving God. Because if he was everything would have been great. He would have been rich. He would have had whatever and ever, but obviously that's not the case. And Christ is the, is an important example of that as well. When you see what Christ went through, um, you see that, Hey, it, it, this is not about, well, I give my life to God. So he's going to do this for me. No, 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 no. I, I give my life to God, period. And it right. doesn't matter what happens. Oh, Oh, think, think, think about that other great hymn, right? Take my life. Yes. And let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Right? It's, it's yours. Yeah. Do what you want with it. Yeah. Do what you want with it. And, you, and I know you, you've encountered people in your church and just your personal life and so forth, but people who have gone through 
through serious tragedy, very often health-related, who have gone through it in a way that you're saying, I don't, I don't know how you're doing it with mm-hmm. that attitude. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you're doing it with that peace. And, and those, those are just living testaments to the work of Jesus Christ in their lives. And, and while we may mourn and grieve their pain and their suffering, at the same time, there is something beautiful in those people as they show the rest of us, mm-hmm. this is how you do it. Yeah. 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 That, and it's humbling when you're around someone like that. <laughs> you realize somebody yeah. that's clo- close to God and they're, they're so close that they're depending upon him a hundred percent. And that that's really where he wants all of us to be. And I have said this before a couple of times, you know, not to be, argumentative or whatever, but just the idea of, I kind of challenge anybody to show me in scripture where the opposite is true. Show me in scripture where, where anywhere that justifies the idea that give your life to Christ and your, your, your physical circumstances are going to be beautiful. I, I see the opposite. I mean, all through scripture, old Testament, new Testament, but just even taking the new Testament alone, Look at the disciples. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Oh no, you're 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 absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I, I remember hearing a pastor say one time, you know, people always say, you know, what, well, you know, I, I want to be right in the center of God's will. I want to be right in the center of God's will. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, you realize that's the most dangerous place to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I've actually, I kind of, sort of, maybe said it to Christ in this way that. <laughs> You know, is there any way that we could like get to where I need to be without that cross issue? I mean, is there any way? You oh, know, I mean, you, you know, you, you're telling me take up, you know, deny myself, take up my cross, and follow you. Um, is there any way we could kind of get around that? <laughs> so, so you know, you know, so there's all all the proofs of the existence of God, right? Philosophical right. proofs of the right. existence of God, and then apologetics. Christian apologetics will talk about you know how to defend the gospel? How do we know the Bible is true? How do we know it's, you know, trustworthy and and all these kinds of things? You know, one of the biggest pieces of evidence that the Christian faith Mm. was not invented by man. Yeah. Can you think of a human being who had invented a thing like this? (laughs) One one in which God suffers and dies and rises yeah. again, one in which yeah. God becomes one of us, one in which he calls his followers to take up their cross and follow him. He says, the son of man doesn't have any place to lay his head. He says, you, you're going to follow along in that same path. Are you kidding me? There's not a human being alive that would have created a religion like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's not man-made. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and plus looking at how, persecution, as you know, historically is the greatest church growth movement there ever was. When the church church is persecuted, it grows. Oh, absolutely. Because it shows the authenticity of the people and of the followers. And that's what people are looking for. And and that's why, you know, that that, great early church father, Tertullian, famous for the line, the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church. Yeah. Right. And so, oh, you're you're, you're absolutely, you, you know what, you know, if I created religion, you know what it would look like? (laughs) <laughs> why don't we ask our listeners over a poll of that what would it look like if Ooh. steve was to create a create a religion yes yes we should do that i won't give the answer on this show then yeah pay, 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 i know i know exactly i know what it would look like i know it's yeah. structure I, I i can tell you exactly oh. what it would look like. oh yeah yeah it would look just like uh, the wild man and steve show well you know let's be honest the the, the sermons would come through the form of a podcast uh, the, the, hymn, the hymns would be all heavy metal <laughs> right, right of course of course yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. well we're gonna go to another song but before we do i do need to mention something especially because we know brian is probably listening hopefully we'll see we'll see if he listens but i do need to go back to he did you've probably heard listeners and followers you've probably heard him do the promos of him introducing our show for us one of his promos that he did that has been published already is when he says, um, I am not responsible for anything wild, wild, wild man and Steve say, 
But play my music, though. <laughs> so I don't know if he wants to claim that with this show or not, but I just wanted to put that out there. Okay? There you go. <laughs> That's the disclaimer. But ladies and gentlemen, here is Trust Jesus Christ by Gypsy Carnes. Metal Talk with Wildman and Speed. But we did right Always searching Never still We'll find happiness Yes, we will Stand firm in your beliefs Don't give up your dreams Trust again there it is gypsy carnes in your face straight up telling it like it is and just very simple hey here's the answer trust jesus christ right <laughs> that's what you have to do you know it, there's um there's a song it, it reminds me especially that title and is, is just blunt and in your face as that is um there's a song by uh billy joe shaver I don't know if you remember that artist, Billy Joe Shaver. Um, and uh, he, he's got a song called, You Just Can't Beat Jesus Christ. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know, at the end of the day, just trust Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing and- is, though, but, but, but here's the thing, though. I think some people do hear that as a bumper sticker, right? Mm-hmm. They hear that as a platitude. Mm-hmm. And and that's why you know sometimes when there's a national tragedy, people will say, "I'm tired of your thoughts and prayers. I don't want to hear about your thoughts and prayers." Because I think sometimes that can come off just as a platitude. But for those who know him, again back to Brian's tweet, uh, those who could say, "I know whom I have believed." If you know him, yeah, then 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 you know. He's trustworthy. Yeah. You know that he's loving. He's perfect. He's good. He's dangerous, Mm -hmm. but he is good. You know, like, like uh, uh, Lucy uh, Pevensey said about Aslan in in, um, the line of witch in her wardrobe, you know, he's dangerous, but he is good. And if you know him, you know that you can trust him. Yep. Yeah. Very simple. And, and ladies, again, we'll encourage you to go to gypsycarns.com because he tells his story there. 
and his bio it's not just a platitude for gypsy i mean when he yeah. he had an experience that yes. a crisis experience where he found god and and his whole life was changed as a result so when he sings this stuff he's saying hey i've i've done this and i know that it works and i know this is the answer you know i'm going to tag off of that right now and and i love conversion stories i really do and and it's just like the healing, like the healing stories of Jesus in the Bible. You know, he never heals the same way twice. And you listen to people's stories of how they've come to uh, to Jesus and their conversion stories. And every one of them is different because every person is different. And I love, I love hearing and reading those stories. Uh, if you're listening to our podcast, uh, shoot us a message. Shoot us a message. Let us know how you have come to know Jesus, how he has come to be the one in whom yeah. you have believed. And so if you want to shoot us a message uh, out on, on Twitter at Wildman and Steve, uh, shoot us an email, info at wildmanandsteve.com. We'd love to hear your stories and uh, incorporate them into uh, one of our podcasts. Perhaps we might even have a special episode sometime uh, where we just share and talk about people's stories of how they came to Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Wild Man, one of the features on the show that, uh, let's be honest, people are clamoring for, right? They are just, they're yearning for. Wow. Is they want to know, what's the fuzz about? Hey, what's the fuzz all about? All right. What's all the fuzz about today? The, this is going to be a quite interesting segment, um, for what all what all the fuzz is about. Um, it, so basically, this whole segment is about talking about the guitar, history of guitar that all of us rockers have come to know and love. Well, I found an interesting article. This was published actually about well, just right about one year ago. And this is on spindiddy.com. And they posted the 13 most important guitar players in rock history now of course this is this is all opinion based we all understand that right so there's always arguments all the time you know i mean with eddie van halen passing away people are like is he the goat who's the who's the greatest was it him was it hendrix was it jimmy page was it ingve you know uh, joe satriani all the names keep coming up right and uh a wild man has yet to make any of those lists but you know i just want to put that out there you know as a possibility to well, you said this is the top 13. You probably came in at number 14. Probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. but I, I, I had to turn them down. I mean, I don't want my name in life like that, you know? So. You're, you're a humble guy. Yeah, right, right. So the 13 most important guitar players in rock history. What I would like to do with this today, and, there's, and I am going somewhere. This is kind of like the, the preacher in me. Just hang on, I'm going somewhere here. Um, Steve, my guess would be, that you would not be able to guess who's number one because and I, and I let me let me explain why i say that because it shocked me i was not expecting this number one even though he's very well known i was not expecting now i'm giving you too many hints now you're going to blow me away and get it right but anyway i'm going to put you on the spot if you were to guess at what this article is saying is the number one and this is very interesting the title is very they're not saying the greatest they're not saying the best. They're saying the most important guitarist in rock history. And, and then the, the subheading is the most influential guitarist. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that's an important distinction. And I get yeah. that. You know, yeah. my mind was immediately thinking uh, Tiny Tim. But then I remembered it was he played ukulele uh, with Tiptoe Through the Tulips. So that wasn't actually guitar. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, wow. Okay, so most... Influential. Influential. Um, boy, you know, I, I would. You could make the case for Eddie Van Halen, and I certainly get that. But I'm wondering, is it Les Paul? Mm, that's a great guess. Great guess. Because not, not not only for the playing, but also for the development of right. of the instrument itself. Yeah, that and is. So, a, so in terms of importance, I, I'll make that my guess. Given given that it's important, that's a great guess. Yeah. I would say Les Paul. 
That's a great guess, but unfortunately, you are incorrect. Okay. In fact, <laughs> he didn't even make the top 13. Okay, what kind of a bogus list is this? <laughs> That's what, I was trying to find the hardest thing, right? It was Chuck Berry was number one. Now, really? if you listen to their description, this is what I wanted us to talk about and discuss here on the show tonight, because this is very intriguing to me. Okay, we've all heard parts of Chuck Berry. We've all seen him. But listen to how they explain it. It is widely accepted that rock and roll evolved from rhythm and blues. Yes. While there were many musicians responsible for that evolution, from a guitar perspective, Chuck Berry was at the epicenter of the shift into a new genre. Okay. Barry was an excellent guitarist with tremendous energy in both his solos and rhythm work. His sound and style played a huge part in defining what rock and roll would become, not only in the 1950s, but for the decades into the future. Now, here's the part that I don't think I gave too much thought to. Maybe others have, but I didn't give too much thought to this next part. He was also a great physical showman running about on stage yes. and doing things with a guitar that nobody yes. had ever done before, at least not in yes. public. This was at the tail end of the big band era, when most musicians simply stood there on stage, nicely dressed and well-behaved. Chuck Berry showed guitar players it was okay to be excited about what they were doing, and it was even okay to be a little edgy. That makes a solid case. Yeah. Yeah, does that it makes a solid does. case, and and, and b- b- believe it or not, uh, I was literally within it would have been within the last seven days, so it was within the last week. Uh, I was watching uh, Chuck Berry's uh, a live performance of Johnny Be Good, mm-hmm. and and one of my favorite YouTube channels. I'm going to go and give a shout out here uh, to this guy. Uh, his YouTube channel is Jamel underscore aka jamal and uh i love this guy this guy is absolutely a brother from another mother uh he is younger than we are uh but has come to discover the really great music uh he mostly focuses on the kind of 70s and 80s does a lot of stuff in the 60s even dips into the 50s and and so he does reaction videos and and i was watching his reaction video to where he listened to and saw Chuck Berry do Johnny Be Good. And, of course, he was just blown away by it. This guy really gets music, and you can just see it the way he reacts. And, and you watch that video of Chuck Berry uh, doing Johnny Be Good. Absolutely. I love what that article said. It was the playing, but it was also the showmanship, the way he's holding the guitar, the way he brings the guitar out actually, you know, uh, uh, perpendicular yeah. to his body the way he's actually like jumping on two feet yeah. and, and kind of hopping with the guitar and doing stuff even before the duck walk thing. Uh, and, and so, yes, I, that I, I like what they had to say about that. It makes sense. What I find interesting about that is all of us. Uh, well, okay. Maybe not one or two. I mean, there might be somebody perfect listening. There might be somebody like Steve listening who's perfect and hasn't had any issues ever. But all of us have a tendency to make light of or make fun of something we don't quite understand. Now, the reason I say that is because the first time I saw Chuck Berry as a kid, I thought, I thought, he, you know, I was like, what is that? That's, that's nuts. Right. I saw on iTunes University and I don't know if it's still there or not. There was a a gentleman who in a course, it was um, it was a course on cultural relativism, I believe it was. Hmm. And he, you know, iTunes University, they, they, they videotape parts of the courses so you can listen to like book reports that college students give or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was giving this presentation and he was doing it on Striper. And what he, he did was he laid out for everybody the cultural connection that they made and how they made it and just laid it out what their vision was, their purpose, and so forth. So he played a video of them. And I believe they were doing Makes Me Want to Sing was the video. Uh, they were doing it on a talk show. And you could hear students sitting there. And this was, I think, in the 90s, I think it was. 
Mm. You could hear students, adults, you know, 18 to 20, chuckling, watching Striper. And when he opened it up for questions, one girl even spoke up and she said, I'm trying to be culturally sensitive. And she laughed while she was saying it because she thought what she just saw was the most ridiculous thing she's ever seen. Right. So what, what I'm getting at is we have a tendency to do that. But we don't under there's a need for us to understand where things came from yes. and where the source is. So when somebody's enjoying an Eddie Van Halen or they're enjoying uh, uh, Joe Satriani or whoever else on stage, um, going back to the roots of where that came from was this, you know, yep. Chuck Berry. I mean, well. It, it, and that's why you, you listen to these guys or you, you, know, you read their reviews in the music magazines or you listen to their interviews on shows like ours. Yeah. You know, but where you, uh, you listen to them talk about their influences. And I think if you're, and look, you don't have to be a music geek and a music nerd. You can just sit there and enjoy your music and have a good time. And that's perfectly fine. Right. But if you are somebody who really, really digs it deep, then you're going to listen to these folks who say, well, I was listening to so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and I was getting my influences from this, that, and the other, and you're going to go check that stuff out yourself and it might open you up to a whole new world. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I also found interesting about this whole line of thought is for the Christians, uh, the Christians who might be listening right now, the whole idea of Christian originality is something that I find intriguing. Going back to, let's just say, John Wesley, for example. When John Wesley made the statement, and I'm paraphrasing, that, you know, uh, the people aren't coming to the building, so I'm going to go out in the fields and preach in the open air. That was unique at the time. And he had a lot of hecklers, according to history. There were people looking at him saying, this guy's nuts. Right. And I even see now you can even Google folks. There are several street preachers now in our in the U.S. and in the world. There's even a program of uh, several ministries that are sending people out and they, they go to the marketplace and they preach the gospel. Now, am I advocating necessarily for that? I, I know some have taken the extreme. Some have done whatever. Sure. But the idea of being original in what we do in order to touch the people, which is what Chuck Berry did. He touched a lot of lives because he came out and he was original. I would compare that same thing with what Striper did in the eighties because they came out and people were like, wait, I know what Christian is. I know what heavy metal is, but wait, 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 this is wait. You're a heavy metal band. That's Christian. You know, how, how do we put these, these two together? And so they're, because of their step that they took, and we all know the story, Ken Metcalf and so forth came in and talked to them and, and explained the gospel to them. And because they did that, they touched so many lives simply because they just stepped out and did something unique, different, that was new. It makes me wonder today, what does God have in store for the church today that we aren't even thinking of right now? Mm. That's a powerful question, and, and I would argue that the whole notion of, of doing something new in order to connect with and communicate better to uh, anybody mm-hmm. is, is rooted right again, back right smack dab into the very identity of God. Yeah. What does he do? Unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> God becomes his own, enters into his own creation. Yeah. becomes a human being. Oh, talk about unheard of, right? There was not another culture around that had any notion of deity yeah. in, in which this was even something that anybody would consider. And then likewise, the whole notion, you know, uh, new wine, new wineskins. You talk about Paul, I become all things to all people, so by all means I might say some. You talk about the 70 Jewish scholars in Alexandria, Egypt, who took the, the Hebrew... Old Testament and translated it into Greek. Why? So that it would be accessible to the Greek speaking. Greek was really the, the common language of, of the Mediterranean, uh, making that available. Right. So, so there's always been that ultimately in God's own interaction with people. And so then we just see that playing out here 
Uh, and again, doesn't necessarily mean you have to like it. Again, you know, I might not like some new piece of art, but don't just write it off out of hand. You know, exactly. you're exactly right. Yeah. And I think also, on. too, uh, as you mentioned that, I've always been puzzled. I, I mean, I know there's answers out there, you know, especially now with the Internet. Everybody, there's an answer for every question anymore. You can't just ask a question without some attempt at an answer out there. But I've always wondered about why did God choose? And I, it, there's some speculation, but why did God choose to bring his son into the world in a way that was perceived to be extremely immoral? Through Mary, who was going to risk her life to be stoned and all that, that child out of wedlock, what that meant in the Jewish culture, you know, all of, so it's like he, it, it was never, he, it, I think that's still part of what you're saying. I think that God, yeah. God's like, hey, I mean, You've heard before people saying, don't, don't try to put God in a box because he'll break it down. I mean, he, yeah, he shatters it. I mean, every time you can't. And then the disciples, what did they do? They kept trying to put Jesus in that box. Right. Trying, Jesus, right. come on, you're still, you're, you're not being the Messiah that we, that we expected. And yeah, right. right. It, you know? um, and he's still doing that with us today. But we have in our humanness, we have that tendency to want to get, to want to box him up again and yep. say, this is the only way. Um, and then he shatters it again. Now, the flip side of that, as you well know, the flip side to that is to say that all bets are off about everything, right? Mm-hmm. And that there are no boundaries. There is no such thing as truth. Whatever is true for yeah. you is true for you. Might be different for me, right? And no, 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 no. We're not, not nobody's saying that. And certainly God isn't saying that. Mm-hmm. So there's a proper balance there in terms of what is what is the true, the good, and the beautiful. But again, also the new way of doing something. And that's where you've got to be very careful. I think as, as Christians, we've got to be careful. I think as, as the body of Christ, we've got to be careful in, in what are the essentials mm-hmm. and what are the things that are honestly, they're, they're negotiable, right? It's, it's not, so, so the deity of Christ, non-negotiable. That God actually came in the flesh, non-negotiable. That Jesus rose bodily from the grave and is the only way to salvation. Those are all non-negotiables. True. Now, how you choose to communicate that? Well, you want to communicate that through polka? You want to communicate that through through a Rubens painting? You want to communicate that through uh, a a cartoon version of the Bible? I remember our son, when he was young, had had the Adventure Bible, which is... Really great comic book style art, man. That's all up for grabs, right? Right. right? So be creative. We're, we're back to again, created in the image of a creator, God. Crazy, go nuts, man. Have fun with it. Go, go crazy. Use your, use whatever God's given you. Go crazy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I mean, yeah, there there are fundamentals. There are things that yes, this is. It doesn't mean the idea of no absolutes. You know, because as you know, studying philosophy, especially, I mean. Somebody says there are no absolutes. There's only one absolute. And that's the fact that there's no absolutes. Like, right, well, right, right. That's a great way to, to protect what you're saying, because then you're covered no matter what. Right. So, yep. yeah, there, there are absolutes. But the, the, the tendency is that that is to confine God into a um, like, well, God would never do that. You know, yep. God would never do that. Um, well, just just you know what? Just ask him. Just talk to him. You know, go to prayer. Uh, and especially if, you know, you, you're not sure what's going on or kind of what to do. Maybe you even got the blues a little bit, you know, um, just just start praying, man. Yeah. And he'll be faithful. He'll be faithful. I mean, if you just folks, if you just say, Jesus, show me what this means, he will be faithful to do so. He will do that. And just keep praying. Just pray, pray and pray those blues away. <laughs> You're picking up what I'm laying down. (laughs) Here is Praying Blues by Gypsy Cards. Metal Talk with Wildman and Steve. You heard about Robert Johnson, right? King of the Blues. He was a mediocre guitar player, went down to the crossroads, signed himself a record deal with the devil, and he got really, really good really quick. He got really, really famous really quick, and he got really, really dead really quick couple of years and the devil called it in he's out of there so what we're saying is stick with the lord that's a place to be for the long run this is all about the praying blues 
made it steve once again made it through another episode not only did you make it not only did i make it but our listeners made it our listeners made it if they're congratulations we're proud of you yes those that are still listening and i'm sure they are (laughs) our 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 solid listeners are still listening right now there's no question um so uh, i did want to close tonight with something interesting you know, I know everybody's on their edge of the seat now. Now they're going to finally say something. Wait till the end of the show to say something interesting. <laughs> well, I don't know if this if this particular um, episode is going to be done on video. It may, it may not. But we do record video and audio. The problem is we can't, we don't have the time to edit all the video. So we make sure all the audios are out. By the way, folks, anybody out there who just has a hobby of editing video, let us know at info at wildmanandsteve.com and we can put you to work. Yes, it'll be fun. Kind of like Tom Sawyer. You know, I'm having so much fun painting this fence. You know, if you guys want to have any fun out there editing video, just email us and you'll have a blast, right? Um, so, as you, but on video, I am wearing a shirt. This is Petra Wake Up Call Tour 1994. Um, and behind me here, I have the an original Petra Beyond Belief 1990 water bottle with the tour dates on the back. This is all courtesy of Brent's Christian rock and metal.com who sells used merchandise. Now I did own this before, but of course, as you get older, you lose things. So he had one. I found, Hey, that'd be great. So I got it. So this is the shirt that I used to wear back in the day. Um, But what I wanted to talk about was that in one of these here, this is going to tell you who I am, who Wild Man is. 1990, right here, they were at the fair, and I went to the fair. They did two shows at the fair. There was a 3.30 show and a 7.30 show. The 3.30, of course, was just like the mini show, just to get people warmed up. And the 7.30 was the big boom, you know, the whole concert. And in the grandstands, everything was open. 
So you didn't have to like wait until the show started. I got there at around 9 a.m. You know where I'm going this, with this, don't you? <laughs> and I never left the grandstands. Of course not. <laughs> never. I uh, watched all the roadies. I watched all the sound checks. I watched all of it. Um, and people that knew me were like, well, you did something else though, right? I was like, nope, nope. I was, I was fine being there um, the whole time. Um, but that just shows what, some of us have some interests and others don't because my thought is if a band's in town and I have the opportunity to watch the sound check, why in the world would you turn that down? Right? Absolutely. Now, just last year I went and saw Striper or no, I'm sorry, it's two years at this point, saw Striper on their history tour. And I invited a friend of mine to go and he's a little bit into music, but not too much. Okay. So it was a first come first serve, you know, the whole deal. Mm. So I had it all planned out. He gets off work. We're going to run there as quickly as possible and get in line. So he just kind of moseys. And I'm like, ah, you're not. Oh. And then he's like, well, let's stop over here. We got time. I'm like, no, we don't. No, we, don't no. understand. we have no time. Um, so it, it's, it's amazing that passion, the passion. So I want to leave that, that idea out there right now. And so Steve, putting you on the spot again, tell me about your passion when it comes to what I just explained. You know, you'll have to forgive me, although you should expect it. The word passion comes from a Latin word. <laughs> the word passion comes from a Latin verb that means to suffer. Mm. Mm. And what you are passionate about is what you are willing to suffer for. Ah, yeah. And so just like you, you were ready to, you'd be there at nine o'clock. It didn't matter if you were standing all day. Uh, when uh, back in 20, what has been 2016, mm-hmm. uh, when Striper was on the, um, the 30th anniversary of the To Hell with the Devil album. And I was fortunate to see them in Indianapolis. Uh, my buddy Kelly Frank that we've had on the show uh, was, was, the, was promoting and setting the thing up and, it was this event called Rocktoberfest, and there were three initial acts, and then there was White Cross, Petra, and Striper. So it was like, you know, the, the trifecta there. Yeah. So six bands all together. And, and I, I was on my feet for, I think it was, what was it, like nine hours or something? Didn't go to the bathroom, never got a drink. By the end, I, I was getting dehydrated. I felt terrible. Uh, I, I had a splitting headache on the drive home. And it's absolutely worth it. <laughs> would would have changed it for the world, baby, because I was willing, you know, I, I was willing to suffer yeah. for what yeah. I loved. Yeah. And if I can take it from the fun, I can't help it. The passion of Christ. Yes. He was willing to suffer for what he loved. Yep. Which was us. Yeah. Listener, that's you too. Yes, that is so true. And just that idea of suffering and passion going together, you know, um, it, two sides of the same coin. They are. The same, they are indeed. Same thing. And, you know, I remember hearing before, and we'll close with this idea, but I remember hearing long time ago, evangelists said this, bottom line, people just simply do what they want to do. So they do. Which means whoever is still listening out there is listening because they want to listen until the end of the show, or they haven't been able, or their volume control is broke, <laughs> um, or or their uh, or a friend is listening and they're trying to get it to turn turn it off, or um, their husband is is blasting it and they don't want to <laughs> hear it. You know, whatever it may be, we want to thank all of you for listening and uh, just want to mention quickly before we close tonight that um, Wild Man, the Wild Man and Steve show is now partnering with New Release Today. So please check them out at newreleasetoday.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We sure appreciate you folks. Check all things out having to do with Wild Man and Steve at Wild Man and Steve. 
Dot Talk.